This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Hello and welcome to the first episode of February 2021. Holy Mac, the first month is already gone. Is it just me or does that feel like it totally flew? I think all of Jan for me was just a bit of a food party and continuation of Christmas. I hope I'm not alone in that one. Righto, on to today's guest. She's incredible, Renee Barge. I have such a girl crush on her. Uh, she has done so much, not just here in Australia, but also in America. So Aussies, you're going to know her as the host of The Voice. But prior to that, she'd been living in the USA for the past 10 years as a host on Extra. She's won two Emmy Awards and, wait for it, even been linked to dating Brad Pitt. What a lucky duck. She really opens up about everyone she's interviewed and you get a bit bit of an inside scoop. I felt like I was kind of getting kind of like secret info about A-grade epic celebs. But on top of all that, she's super grounded. She's a Byron girl and she's really humble. So I hope you enjoy this interview with TV host, presenter, you know, I'm also going to say a little Yogi Bear Palats. This girl's really into her fitness as well. With the incredible Renee Barge, you're awesome. Renee Barge, I'm so excited to have you here. Slash nervous, dude. <laughs> you should not be nervous. Of course, I, I've got a bit of a girl crush on you. <laughs> um, before The Voice, so for people yeah. listening, host of The Voice, Extra TV. I promise I'm not looking at my notes right now. This is all going off my – but – I want to say like TV personality, TV presenter, winner of two Emmys, <laughs> which I've heard are heavy in real life. Is this true? <laughs> yeah, they're really heavy. They're not plastic. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and kind of like I feel like you've done so much time in LA and now you're back in the hood. Yeah. We're doing this in Byron Bay. We're recording this in Byron Bay. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to Byron. I get, I was just saying before we hit record, I get so nervous interviewing people that interview people for a living. Mm. And what did you respond with? (laughs) I can completely empathize with that feeling because the first time I interviewed Oprah, I thought I was going to have a seizure. I was so nervous. Like I had the sweatiest palms. I grew up watching her interviews. Like she's the queen. She's the OG. She is the OG. And so you almost, like I've almost forgot everything because I'm sitting there feeling like she's a psychic more yeah. than an interviewer because I'm like, she knows where I'm going. She knows what I'm about to say. And she's probably thinking, why didn't she ask it like this? And like, you know, <laughs> just like pulling it apart. But I promise I'm not Oprah, so you're good. Was it true she was holding your hands for the yes. first time? You, oh. Yeah, she holds your hands every time. Well, I, in my experience, that's what she did. She would hold my hand and looks into Super your soul. En- yeah, engaging. Mm-hmm. So <gasps> present. And my hands were sweaty and I was so embarrassed. Dude, okay, you've made me feel a little bit better. That makes me feel a little <laughs> bit more comfy around you. Please do. <laughs> okay, so I was excited slash not surprised but excited to learn that your whole beginning was like, do I want to say dance yeah. initially? Yeah. So you were that performer as a kid, right, where you were just like, it's showtime. Yes, I was the annoying kid. My mum always says that um, when my parents were having dinner parties, I would drag my little sister out and be like, it's time for the amazing Renee and Danielle and make my sister be my sidekick and I'd throw her around the room and dance and sing. Like if, if my friend's kids did that now, I'd probably think it's cute but also super annoying. So I'm really grateful that they all put up with it and encouraged it. But, yeah, you couldn't stop me from performing from but a that really kind of makes sense with what you're doing now like it's you often hear people go yeah I was that kid that was either putting on drama plays or doing dance concerts at dinner parties yeah so you so is it true you're born on the Goldie but brought up around Mullen yeah so born on the Gold Coast but actually lived in Vanuatu for the first few years yeah Yeah, my parents were living in Vanuatu just flew to Australia to have me when my mum did and then we went back spent the first few years in Vanuatu and then I grew up out in Eureka I always say Byron Bay because people up until probably the last couple of years didn't really know where Federal or Eureka was and now it's so cool and trendy um, but yeah, I grew up in Eureka, went to Mullum High, grew up dancing in Byron. So Byron 
the hinterland and Mullum. This is, yeah, this is all home. And you're back. And I'm back 18 Dude. years later. Crazy. Oh, I listened to a podcast and I think it probably is two or three years old now and you were like, I'm so ready to be back. <laughs> like home is calling me. I'm really homesick. Mm. So grew up here but then went to Sydney to study dance. Is that right? Was that yep. Brent? Brent Street, yeah. And Brent. so study dance and then... Where does girl band come from? Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's just that one thing, you know. I don't know if you have something like that where you're like that one thing that's on the bio or that one thing that's on YouTube that you're like, how can I get rid of this? Well, unfortunately, girl band, <laughs> there's a lot of YouTube that I wish I could get rid of. But um, I don't even know, dude. I don't know how that happened. I feel like it was all a dream. I was 19. I was a dancer at the time and Sony wanted to put together a girl group. It's when the Pussycat Dolls were massive. Oh, yes, I of remember. Of course, if you're a yes. dancer, you wanted to be in the Pussycat Dolls. So I guess they were trying to find Australia's version. And, um, yeah, I, I was like, okay, of course. I've always wanted to sing and dance. What do you mean? This is a no-brainer. And then got in and then, yeah, had a record deal with Sony and we released a couple of singles. We we did record an album. It never got released, uh, which is probably for the best. <laughs> no, I just love that it's called Girl Band and you're in a girl band. I'm just Super like. Super original, huh? <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Well, so how do you go from that jump into TV presenting? Because you started TV presenting here in Australia, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. And it's, it is pretty weird and... I don't even know. Again, like I don't know how it happens. I feel like my whole career in life, which is probably sounds really annoying to some people, like things have just happened and then I turn around and I'm like, wait, did what did I want that? I don't know if I even tried to, to do that. I mean, I grew up watching Getaway and I was always like, yeah. I want to be the host of Getaway. How does that happen? How do how do you get that? Yeah. But growing up here, especially in Eureka, I mean, we were so sheltered from the world of entertainment back then, you know, the Hemsworths didn't live in Byron. Like we didn't know this world existed. I actually thought the people in the McDonald's commercials worked at McDonald's. Same. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> if I saw someone like in the Australia Post, I was like, oh, well, they've had a big day that day, haven't yeah. they? Film crew in. <laughs> Yeah, Legit. Totally. I 100% feel yeah. you. So I just didn't even know like how that became a possibility and right. what steps you had to take to become a TV host or an actor or any of those things. I, I just never really thought about it. And so um, when the girl group disbanded at the time, I had a, a modelling agent was doing like commercials, a lot of TV commercials. Mm-hmm. And I kept booking them and booking them. And so my agent was like, oh, maybe you should do more TV. Mm. I was like, okay. And they're like, oh, do you want to be an actor? I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. So I went, sure, this is me. Always just like, okay, yeah, I'll give that a go. Um, And I'll never forget, it was an audition for Underbelly. And I was playing this role, well, playing this role. I was auditioning for a role that was um, really gritty and really rough. And I could not have been further from my personality or anything I could comprehend or understand. And I was terrible. I was so bad. And the casting agent was so kind. I wish I could remember her name because she was so lovely and warm. And she just afterwards was like, and I said, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I just can't, like, I feel like I'm lying. Like, I just can't be this person. It's not me. And she was like, no, no, I can tell. But you're really great when you're yourself. Maybe you should be a host. And I was like, how do you do that? I don't even know how you do that. And so I called my agent and was like, you know, I want to try this like TV hosting thing. I think I, sh- I think I should do that. And so there was an audition for National Bingo Night, which was a Channel 7 game show. And it was for the co-host, which I later, you know, learned that basically I was just holding up balls and reading out numbers. But, you know, <laughs> you take what you can get at that, at that point. Um, and I was stoked and I got the job. Yeah. And then literally from that, it was like bang, bang, bang. I, I booked a, a surfing travel show called Safari, which yes. was like the dream gig at the time. Yeah. Also just threw myself in the deep end big time. I've re- I watched the videos. I wish they didn't exist also on YouTube. <laughs> and I'm so green. I had no idea. I remember them being like, okay, we're going to do a piece to camera. And I was like, what the heck is that? We're going to do a stand up. And I'm like, I'm already standing up. And I'm like, what? I don't know what any of this TV language means. But I learned on the job. And then I booked Channel V while I was still shooting that. And yeah, it just kind of, yeah, I guess it was meant to be. I love that you went in with like, I'm going for this really, for people listening that are like, (laughs) what was underbelly? It's like the drugs, the drug lords of Australia and it's this really like, we're talking like death, drugs, Mm -hmm. murder and you're going for a role and seeing, sitting opposite you here, Renee is like sunshine, like she's really happy and bright. 
Yeah, and I, I actually study acting and <gasps> it is frigging hard. So hard. I have so much respect for oh, actors. Man. And I get, you know what I realised another reason I don't think I could do it and I don't think I'd be good at it is I get embarrassed really easily. And I don't know why, like growing up, I loved being in plays and loved being the centre of attention, but then I would get really embarrassed. So it's like, it's just very confusing. I, I have no idea why I think I could do that, but I've been around enough actors now and watched them on set. And I think it's just such an incredible skill set and it's yeah. just something that scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Oh, it still scares the absolute crap out of me. But that's kind of why I studied I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to be scared mm. and I want to grow. But, I mean, also what you do would scare the crap out of me. So I take my hat off to you. Mm. The question that I have about your – so, actually, I know I'm going to jump around. That's so yes, I'm so shit at timelines. But – so you were so much fun to Google and YouTube <laughs> and research. and Please don't try that at home, folks. <laughs> no, but even from like a fashion perspective, I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, but is it hard to take your hat off? Because you kind of sit in two, two kind of pools. And one is you are interviewing stars on a red carpet and you're needing to know movies and whatnot back to front and it feels fast and it feels really intense. Mm. And then you flip and you, like, when you're at the Emmys, you're the one on the red carpet being shot and being told, Renee, left, Renee, over your shoulder. (laughs) And you are, which one is easier for you and which one do you prefer? Because they look like two different beasts to me. Wow, yeah, I've never actually thought about it like that. I I find that it's all one in the same, to be honest, because when I'm hosting on a red carpet and doing those interviews and then when I'm walking the red carpet and getting photos taken, like, I'm still Renee the host of Extra or Renee the host. I'm still like, that's what I'm doing. I mean, there's no part of me that feels comfortable being photographed on a red carpet. I honestly think the first time I was like, why are they all yelling at me? Like, who do I look at? And I'm sorry. And then every photo was me opening my mouth and talking and and squinting and getting confused. And like, I I watched people do it for years and just kind of figured out like, you just got to have this calm glazed (laughs) overlook and not look anyone in the eyes. And I don't know, but that never gets normal. But yeah, I I think that that whole person is one person. Um, And then, you know, there is the other side of me, which to me feels like where I'm really split in the middle is this person in Byron who's barefoot and no makeup and, Looking you know, gorgeous oh, as ever. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone keeps being like, oh, you're so tan. I'm like, it's called unemployment. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if it's that great. Um, but, no, it is great. But, yeah, I, that's where I've really felt split is like the, you know, Byron Bay girl who's so far from Hollywood and this whole wild world that I'd been exposed to and then, you know, the person that's there interviewing Oprah and acting like it's no big deal, you know? Yeah, (laughs) totally. But I think that's probably the magic that you bring to that girl on the red carpet because you bring that Byron heart Mm. and that grounded energy. That's like your magic (laughs) elixir, my friend. Hang on to it. Be okay with them being two different things. So I definitely jumped the gun and that's because I want to know how the extra thing happened because is it true you followed maybe a bit of love across LA? Yeah, I had a long-term relationship and, you know, I'd not really spent much time in LA and my partner at the time was living there so I just went over to visit and, again, it was one of those things that just – I mean, I hit the ground and I took so many meetings and I I had a, I remember I had one agent being like, just be prepared to do Runyon every day for three years and, you know, so many Australians here trying to break it. And I was like, yeah, well, that's not going to happen because I just left a really good job in Australia. I was on Channel V at the time mm. and I was like, it's not going to happen. I'm going to work. And then um, I had an offer for E! News and an offer for Extra and the Extra one just ended up being the one that made the most sense. Um, and But they were still, you know, I had to come back to Australia and I had to wait for the deal to come through and it was still a bit of a wishy-washy deal. I didn't know if it was definitely happening, if it was full-time, part-time, a year, three years and with the visa you need to kind of have clarification on yeah. all of that. But it wasn't until I landed in LA that I, you know, they called me the it was about an hour after I landed, I was called and told, you need to be on a red carpet tonight to interview Russell Crowe. No. And I, I ran like so fast to get ready and then I got onto the carpet. I did the most terrible interview. Russ did not make it easy on me. <laughs> I love him to death. I really do love him and he's been great over the years, but that was not an easy first interview. It was like baptism by fire. And I went home and cried and was like, I'm going to have to go back to Australia. It's all over. And the next morning, my boss, bless her, Lisa, she's so beautiful and so, gosh, she really... I don't know how she saw potential in such a green girl at the time, but she literally was just like, that was really hard. What we did to you was really rough, 
and we want to offer you a three-year deal. <laughs> I was like, okay. Amazing. Amazing. So then, yeah, three years turned into five years, turned into eight years, turned into 10 years. <gasps> and it would have been 10 years this November. And is it true early on you did an interview with John Travolta and he yeah. broke news with you and you were kind of, you didn't even realise. Yeah, I didn't, again, because of that whole thing, I'd never really interviewed big celebrities yeah. and stars and I didn't know, you know, I don't have a journalism degree either. So yeah. I, when it comes to the getting the scoop and doing all of that stuff, I, I didn't know anything about that. All I knew was conversation and I've always been incredibly nosy and inquisitive, and, you know, <laughs> like I would like to say inquisitive. Most people would probably call it nosy, but I'm just genuinely interested in people and their stories. And yeah, I asked him, it was my first interview actually, it was before Russell Crowe, so it was in Australia before the whole extra Got thing. They, they just said, oh, there's a girl in Oz that we can send for this interview, we'll send Renee. That's what kind of sparked their interest for me. And yeah, I just very, very, I mean, innocently asked him, you know, have you thought of any baby names for your baby? Because they were having a baby in a few days. And he was like, yeah, Benjamin. And I remember just being like, oh, that's a lovely name, whatever, and woke up the next day to all these articles and everything being like, you know, John Travolta tells extras Renee Barge, his baby name. And, you know, I still, it's really funny. I've brought it up to him that, yeah. you know, I've thanked him. I've been like, thank yeah. you. you. You got me my job. Like I didn't even know. And he, you've just been always so gracious and so kind. And and he wrote me a note just like saying thank you for saying all these kind things, you know, and thank you uh. for being, you know, like saying that. I, you got you your job. But like, you know, he was so sweet about it. And I just, gosh, I have so much love for that man. I could not say enough good things about him. He's really uh, special. That is a ripper story yeah. too. I love hearing when you kind of idolise someone then you hear they're a legend in real oh. life. And can I say one thing that was so much fun to research about yeah. you, the Brad Pitt dating oh. story? <laughs> and he just takes it in his because you've brought it up with him, right? Yeah. So was it that you did an interview with him and had just great banter and chemistry basically? Yeah. Neck minute there's stories that you're dating, is I, that right? Yes, and I swear on my life I... I do not know who came up with this. I, I mean, like if I had a publicist and they came up with that, they should they should get a, a huge <laughs> bonus because I just like if you could link yourself to anyone in the world, who do you pick? Brad Pitt. I mean, of course, no brainer. Yeah, yeah, but like the fact is that it's now on the internet. There are multiple <laughs> articles that I dated Brad Pitt, and I just think the poor guy is probably still. Yes, I've interviewed him a bunch of times, yeah. and if he saw my face, he'd know who I am. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure if he saw our names linked, he's going to be like, "Huh? Who, who am I? Who am I dating this week?" <laughs> but I've seen you like say to him, "Hey, you know this has happened. This is going. This story is running." And he just takes. It, he seems so. He feels like Earth, like super grounded. He's so cool. He's is he as so cool, cool as he looks? He's. As cool as he looks, and he is hotter in red life. Yeah. I mean, real life. He is so He's good like looking. He's like a good red wine, right? Just gets better and better with age. Honestly, I don't know. I, I mean, I look at Meet Joe Black, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he was so handsome. But then, you know, the last right. few years I've met him, and every time he walks onto a red carpet and into a room, everyone, women, men, everyone goes weak at the knees. Like he is just like a breath of fresh air when he walks in. He's got incredible X Factor. Like no, there's no movie stars like that anymore. I don't know. I, I don't think there's many. George Clooney and I him. I was about to say George Clooney is the other George one. George Clooney and him, they walk into a room and they've got that sparkle in their eye and that yeah. cheeky smile, that grin and just that thing and you just want to be around them. And you just, I, he's one, Brad is definitely one that I just lose all like inhibition. I listen to the interviews with him and I'm like, what is my voice? My voice is five <laughs> octaves higher. Like it's just. I didn't think that. I did not think that and I watched it, but I was, I'm so glad that you brought them both up because they're the two that I was watching going, how do you hold your shit together? And I've met Oprah once and it was for like three seconds and I was like, oh, hi, selfie. Like I was a dickhead. And so to see you. And there's another person that I researched, um, a view, I saw one of the first interviews that comes up on YouTube and I was like, oh, my God, he's flirting with Renee. Like, oh, my God. Um, Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier oh, from Avengers. Really? That's I made my funny. boyfriend watch it, Matt, and I was like, he's fully flirting with her, right? And he's like, 100% he's flirting with her. And you're just taking in your stride. You're just like, hey, and he's like, you look pretty good tonight. He's like, literally. Really? Oh, man, I wish I'd I'm gonna send. I'm going to send it to you after. <laughs> I'm so oblivious to all that stuff. I have been since forever. Like, it's so funny. But gosh, yeah, definitely didn't notice that one. And for the most part, I always just feel like a total knob in those situations with those beautiful men. Like, you just, because uh, you've got to try and keep it together. You've 
really do. You have to try and be professional. And I mean, yes, yeah, Sebastian Stan's gorgeous, George Clooney. But George Clooney, from the first time I interviewed him, was always so cool. Like, yeah. he is just the coolest, smoothest cat. And he knows, like, he gets it. He gets the game. He gives you what he needs to give you. He knows what you're going to use. He knows what you won't. He's just smart. And he's just, oh God, I love him so much. It's that combo of smart, but grounded. Yeah. And it feels like, like no ego kind yeah. of thing. Like just really like this is who I am. Yeah. I like who I am and I'm cool with that. Totally. It's like don't we all just want to have that level of, yeah, yeah I'm an okay human. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, something I loved about you, this is a recent thing with The Voice. I saw this mm. like little BTS kind of video and you're doing the interview about your co-host Darren, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. And you've got little slippers on. Oh, yeah. Is it true that you like to stay in flats like as yeah. much as possible, especially even on a red carpet? Yeah, I can't do heels. I hate heels so much. I think it's from dancing because I dance for 18 years of my, 19 years of my life. My feet are so messed up and I have flat feet. So many sexy things about me that I you're all discovering. <laughs> I have flat feet too. I can't walk in high heels. I look like a daddy long leg spider. Like I like <laughs> put one leg out and then my back, I just look so bad. Oh, well, I mean, I am used to it and I've had to wear them so much over the years but I think in my older age, since I hit my 30s, I've just realised I don't care. And, you know, I learned also after eight years probably of being on these red carpets, you never see the feet. Like if you, yeah. you know, the camera doesn't see the feet, so why am I suffering? <laughs> yes, if Brad Pitt comes, I'm going to put the heels on, but yeah. like anyone else, them? Oh, they're always them? there. The heels Amazing. are next to me and for special occasions I get into them. But for the most part, if I'm wearing a long dress, always flats or bare feet. Right. But, this is good tips. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, in Byron, I don't wear shoes at all. Like I've barely gotten my shoes out of my my luggage at all, <laughs> which is great. But yeah, heels, I just could be done. I would wear them, walk a red carpet, take the photos, and then they'd be off for 90% of my interviews. I like to be comfortable. And I know a lot of people, like my best friend Delta, she performs barefoot, you know, because yeah. it's just, I don't know, you want to have that like earth earthing and you want to feel grounded and it's hard when you're like, you know, guys would never do that. Not if they not if they had to, you know, like it's one totally. thing if you choose to and you want to and you love the look at it and it doesn't hurt your feet. But if it's painful, which 99% of the time heels are painful, you don't have to stand in them for hours. The amount of times I've lost feeling in my feet because yeah, you're standing no. there for three hours doing interview. Anyway, whatever. It's hell. No, no, I like it. I like <laughs> it. So we're all pro flats here, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> and I'm wrapped that you bought up Delta. So first of all, you got to work together on The Voice. Was that just yeah. like pinch me? How on earth am I working with my best mate in the entire world? Yeah, it was definitely something we had talked about for years and we'd always wanted the chance to do. So we did feel really lucky. And especially I think this year with everything that was going on and, you know, how the show was affected due to COVID and me having to come over here and stuff, having her around and having, you know, people that feel like family around was definitely the impetus to get me to stay. And then you guys have got your good news show. Oh, yeah, that's been fun. It's so much <laughs> fun. I love I love how the, um, like, the graphic behind you and every time you guys move your head. Like. I know. Look, we've all, we've all really tried to make this whole working from home Zoom yeah. situation work. Producing a digital series over Zoom is definitely challenging at times, especially when you're in Byron. As you would know, the Wi-Fi is not great. So it's oh. usually me freezing and stuck on a frame for about, three minutes and she's like, what? Are you there? What's going on? But it's been fun and it was just really something for us to do while, you know, people were still in lockdown and people were still stuck at home and, you know, it's been a hard year. So a bit of good news and levity doesn't go astray. I think it's fun too. You're doing something with your best mate yeah. and you guys are producing it technically. Yeah. And you're just putting it out online. I know. I just, it was a lot of fun to soak that up in my research of you. Thank you. Uh, okay, I've got to ask, being as a, a girl that has... Yeah, I, as a kid, I was like, I'm going to be the next Kate Blanchett. You know, like that was my <laughs> oh, goal. I could see kid. that. I could see that. But seeing all the beautiful red carpets, so like every year, like whenever it's award season, my boyfriend and I, I'm like, we've just got to watch the red carpet. Like I can see the highlights later for who wins what, but I have got to watch the red carpet. What is your favorite? Because you've been to everything. Yeah. Like SAGs, Emmys, Golden Globes, Oscars, like literally everything. Yeah. What's your favorite red carpet? Um, oh, that's really hard because I've done 10 years of all of them. Um, I love, well, I love country music. This is a weird fun fact, but I got obsessed with country music when I moved over there. So like the Country Music Awards became one of my favourites because- it's massive, right? Massive in yeah. America. But for many reasons. One, 
country artists are the coolest, nicest, funniest humans. They love to drink. So they really feel like Aussies, to be honest. Um, And they are always early or on time. They're super respectful. So a country music carpet usually like starts when it says it's going to start, ends when it's going to end. They're all there for a good time. They're so lovely. Cool accents. Love the accents. That's how you get that. Love the the draw. I love, and I love country music. So anyway, I have to say weirdly, and I know that's probably controversial, um, but they're the most fun. But I don't know, the Grammys are also really cool because I love Music, music in general, so I always loved the Grammys. But the um, SAG Awards carpets have actually always been my favourites because they're the most fun. They're a Is little that more the beginning? loose. No, it's kind of um, it usually goes Oscars, then SAGs. Yeah, sorry, Oscars, then SAGs, then oh, am I getting it wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. Actually, you know what? I think you are right. I think you're right. It might be SAGs, Oscars, then Globes. I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm, we're going to have but to fact the, check this. They're the but they ones. are the they are the first. They're either the first or the second. And the thing about SAGs is that the pressure kind of feels off because it's peer voted. Like they, yeah. yeah. So their peers vote for them, and it just feels really cool and casual. Usually they can drink inside. It's just everyone comes and has fun, and you can tell all the actors are really comfortable. They've done a few. They've done a few red carpets by that point for the yeah. for the award show seasons. They just don't feel so up uptight and stressed and nervous about what they're going to say. I like that. Mm. Okay, so oh my god, there are so I keep I just looked down at my notes. I'm like, shit, you've missed all these questions. Like that, she loves peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a that's a fun fact. So make sure make sure that people know that. Crunchy, crunchy or smooth? Are you a crunchy or smooth girl? Honestly, I don't discriminate. I'll have either. Have you tried in Byron? I'm totally off topic yep. here. The I never say Asahi, right? But you know what I mean when I say Asahi. Yeah, Asahi. At the Topshop one, they've got macadamia butter. Yeah. Local macadamia butter. I love, yeah, I've grown up on the local macadamia butter. It is crack here. It's so yeah. good. But acai bowls I'm not a fan of. I know it's so weird and most people love them. But Really? They get in my teeth. Oh, and yeah, it's the like, purple. Yeah, but it's just I've got these teeth that catch things and and I don't look <laughs> in the mirror and then it'll be three hours later and I'm doing something and I'm like, I've just seen so many people and I have black dots in every tooth so I just don't risk it with the acai bowl. I know that's a fair life mm, hack, I yeah. would say. <laughs> so, okay, back to the red carpets. When yeah. you're doing a red carpet, say for any award, um, I imagine you have to research any awards show. You need to research what award, like what shows are up for what awards, mm. what actors are up for what, what awards. Um, on top of that, like what what's happened in that actor's life in the lead up, I imagine is important too. Like I've heard you ask, like because you, like you said, you're kind of quite inquisitive about the actor in general as opposed to what they're there for that night. And I just think, holy smokes, you must be doing so much research. Mm. How much research goes into one, like, red carpet event? Well, luckily I can't take a lot of credit for that because our team, like the team would always send you a huge research pack and it's kind of got everything you need in it. But, you know, and since I'd been doing it for so many years, you get to know these people like they are friends and you kind of know everything. It sounds so creepy, but you know everything about their personal lives and their career and, you know, their whole filmography. So towards the last the last few years I'd say the research on those big award shows unless it's you know a few new up and comers or new actors that you know we don't know much about I I kind of would know everything and then social media has become the number one of research course. tool like you look at inst- you have to look at their Instagram up till the moment they get on the carpet because they may have posted something on their way there that's a you know a talking topic or something that's newsworthy um so that's been a really good tool for us um but yeah I I'm I'm a bit of a nerd I'm a bit of a research nerd I like to feel really prepared and I I used to laugh with Darren on The Voice because he's the opposite where he likes to just get out there and wing it and have fun and I'm like no I need my scripts in advance I need to go over them and over them and over them so they're just in my brain and I'm just I can relax and it's the same when I'm interviewing actors I want to look at the questions over and over again I want to write them out and I want to watch their movie or their project. Totally. Yeah, I have I'd to. be your team. Yeah. Also probably because when you're on red carpet, you're not going to have auto cue. No. I imagine on The Voice you've probably got auto cue. Mm-hmm. So you've got that safety blanket, but you're trained not to have an auto cue. Yep. Which is probably why you're like, I just need to know this back to front so yep. that I'm ready. Yeah. And when there's so many actors like on those red carpets, there's hundreds of people coming at you and you usually don't have more than a minute because you'll yes. be doing someone. The amount of times I've been, you know, I can't even think of like, you know, you're interviewing Margot Robbie and then they're like, Brad Pitt's coming up behind, Brad Pitt's coming behind, you've got 30 seconds, you've got 30 seconds, rap, rap, rap. And if you don't, then you miss that person behind. And so like 
someone leaves and then they come and the amount of times like I'm like, oh gosh, what movie was it? What show is it? What are oh. they here for? What are they nominated for? Like, you know, you're like, you just got to have it. You just got to have it in your head. That's the thing, seeing some of the behind the scenes footage, it feels like there is so much noise that mm. you could easily lose your shit or, or forget what you're, like you just say, said then. And mm. it's like, how do you, and also, do you have to ever hustle to get your guest? Like, do you ever have to kind of like? Sometimes, I think we're, another lucky thing about being on Extra, because it's one of the big shows yeah. over there, we would usually, on red carpets, we'd have a platform. And ah. so they, the stars can see and it's a big platform and they come to it. And we had producers that would be down on the ground Ushering wrangling them. and grabbing people. Yeah. If they knew I was friends with someone or something, I would run down and go grab them. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I would chase them down or just wave at them or something. But yeah, that was that was a nice thing about being with one of the big networks and the big shows, because <laughs> I would, I just get embarrassed. Again, I get embarrassed so easily, and I find it also really hard to ask people like favors or oh, anything like that. So I'd be like, oh, you don't have to. It's fine. Like, you no know? deal. So fine. All good. Yep. No, I'm the exact same. I completely understand. I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Come on, earth. Just eat me up and take me away. Oh, I've had many of those moments, but yeah. Okay, so if your pinch yourself moments are going to be your Oprah's and your Brad Pitt and, of course, George Clooney, mm-hmm. are there any moments where you've been like, oh, my God, how did that just happen? Like, I know I've just ticked off three mm. big pinch yourself oh, moments, okay. but like, sorry, I said that really weirdly. Yeah, no, no, no. You know I, what I mean? I though. get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, well, oh, I heard you talk about Hawaii and you did an interview so with Chris Pratt. Right? Yeah, oh, is that's that right? what I was just thinking. I was actually thinking of that because Jeff Goldblum took me up in this in the, helicopter. You did the interview in the yeah, chopper? Yeah, in the chopper, which was so fun. I've heard he's amazing. He like, is. really cool human being. So loves funny. musical theatre and stuff. Very talented, very sweet, very funny. He was great. And then Chris Pratt took me around on this Jeep and we did this interview with him where they shot Jurassic Park and that was really cool. Love the Jurassic Park movies, might I say. I know, me too. And getting to be there. Oh, yeah, I was freaking out getting to be there. I was like, oh, my God. There's there's that, there's that. Yeah. I I went to Hawaii and I had to go and do the course, like the little um, tour and jump over the rock from Alpha, the one we would have watched as a kid. Yes. Not the rock, the big log, you know, when they hide. Yes, in the hide. I'm really saying like a 90s child right now. But Mm -hmm. when I heard that you got to go on the Jurassic Park set – you yeah. went on the live set in Hawaii. Yeah. Was it in Kauai or was it in I can't Honolulu, Oahu? No, I think it was Oahu. I think. So you literally were there like yeah. as they're shooting pretty Well, much. no, it was after they'd shot, but they kind of took us back to where they, they had been. But I had a lot of cool moments like that. Like we got to do some really cool trips. I remember they flew us to – it was – oh, I went to Paris to interview Tom <gasps> Cruise. That was really cool. I went to um, – where was it? Was it Monte Carlo? Was they flew me somewhere in Europe? It was for like a night, twenty four hours. A lot of these trips were like twenty four hours, so you kind of forget. But I remember being there for a junket with Ryan um, Reynolds, and then there was an after party for it, and Snoop Dogg came out and performed, and I was no. like, "This is so cool." But was I think, Ryan Reynolds cool? Oh yeah, always so funny, and he so seems cool. super grounded. So cool. I think that honestly, when I think about my biggest pinch me moment, would be my first kind of moment in LA, and it has nothing to do with my work. I was at a concert for Ellie Goulding with my best friend. Yeah, and we're at the Troubadour watching Ellie Goulding, and we loved Ellie Goulding. It was when she'd just come, like, become famous, and this was probably you know nine years ago, ten mm. years ago now. And a friend um, texts me, and he's like, "Come to this address." I was like, we're at an Ellie Goulding concert. He's like, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Please just come to this address. I'm telling you, but you have to leave now. And I turned to my my girlfriend and was like, hey, my friend who's really cool has said we've got to come to this address. I don't know where we're going or what we're doing. But anyway, we get in the car and we end up driving for 15 minutes. We end up at Beechwood Canyon in this, this beautiful Spanish kind of style house. And we walk around the back and I can see there's probably about 30, 40 people there. And there's a little makeshift kind of stage set up. And there's beautiful lights in the trees and I start hearing scar tissue (gasps) playing and I'm like, what is going on? And I look up at the stage and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are just (gasps) sitting there playing for like 30 people and there's been a dinner party. And my friend comes up and he's like, you're at Flea's house. This is Flea's house and we've just had a dinner party and the guys just are doing an impromptu concert. And I think I'd been in LA for maybe five months, four months or something and I was like, Okay, I'm meant to be in California. This is really cool. <laughs> I've heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers guys are freaking amazing though. So good. Do you know the Nova Radio host, Tim Blackwell? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, because you're not back in. away for yeah, so long. Yeah, and it's, he's Melbourne. Okay. So it's different I'm because I've been in Melbourne. And he did their first ever Australian Nova when Nova launched oh. 10 years ago. Asked for um, autographs, Anthony. Kiddie, uh, uh, yeah. You, you know how to. Anthony Kiedis. Anthony right, Kiedis. asked him to sign Scar Tissue, the book, yes. right? 
and he took the book and said, no, I want to write something personal, posted it to him, oh. back to Australia a month later. He's a really good dude. Wrote a, like, love letter pretty much in yeah. it. I'm like, what? Oh, I mean, I that was one of my favourite books I'd ever read. I was obsessed with Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just thought, I just loved everything about them. And to have that, like, it was this beautiful summer night and the, the you know, lights oh were twinkling God. and then to hear them play that. I was just like, what is going on? And I just had that feeling. I was like, okay, I'm where I'm meant to be. I know I'm meant to be here. This is going to be really cool. You're in the land of dreams. Yes, right? And even things you would never even think of. And that's what's crazy about LA. And I really should write all these things down. You have to. I don't You have a book in you, my friend. I know. Well, I feel like connecting you with my I know. You're so good. You're one of those people that like does things that you say you're going to do. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll write a book. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. Oh no, (laughs) you do it. Get into your little flow here in Byron and- Okay, so LA has been home for 10 years, better yeah. part of 10 years now. Yeah. You're back in Byron. You're, you see, because I've never met you before properly, I just feel like I've consumed all of <laughs> who you are and you the magic too. of you. But also um, following Ashy Hart, I feel like I see yeah. a lot of your your beautiful little sisterhood mm, things. But sh- I feel like seeing you here, you feel home. Does this feel right, this next? Because yeah. this is a big move for you, right? It does. It's taken a while for me to land here though. And I mean, you know, not in the physical sense, but emotionally and spiritually and everything. I think you know, really in the last few weeks, I finally felt like this is all right. And I don't know if a big part of that is how things are in the US right now. Yeah. Because it, it's just not good. And there's no part of me that would like to be living in that sort of unrest and in fear, which is what I was feeling before I came over here. I was really scared. Like I'd never felt like that before. And, you know, because, you know, you've gone through the Melbourne lockdown and now you're here in Byron and it's just completely different. It's bliss. It's utopia here. But I think you've had it harder in America because the death rate is so crazy. In Melbourne, the death rate was still much lower than anything in America. I imagine it would feel so close yes, to you. it did. And I had a lot of friends who got sick. Um, I had a friend who lost her husband and that was really early on when it all happened. So it felt very real. It wasn't yeah. something that was like, this is going on over there or here, yeah. you know, and my family was so terrified. And there was months there where I didn't even see my neighbours. We wouldn't even go closer than, you know, 10 feet because we were so genuinely scared of getting it. And just living with that kind of anxiety and fear for so long, you weirdly get used to it. And I think that's what a lot of my friends over there have done. If They've just adapted and they've just mm. figured out how to live and they've gone, okay, well, we're probably going to get it. So we'll just, you know, go about our business. But I can't live, I can't live like that. And after, I think the thing is once you know what it's like to be here right now, you can't, you couldn't leave. Like I could, I couldn't get back on a a flight and thankfully my boss and everybody over there understood when I explained it to them because they were just like, you what? You can go to bars and you can go to cafes and restaurants and hug your family and your friends and, you know, there's no limits to the amount of people. Like, you know, it's, 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 we're living in, in a bubble here. And we're totally. Really lucky. I was sitting at um, Woods in Bangalore, which is a really yeah. cute, yeah. So I'm cute. seeing the big smile on <laughs> so his cute. face. And I heard someone on the next table go, we really are the lucky country. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I was like, oh, wow. It was like something landed in me. And I was like, yeah. we are so lucky to be here. Is I've heard you in interviews, though, say that your goal is to kind of be like half in America and half here. Will that eventually be the goal again? I I don't know. I thought so. And my my boss has been amazing. I've still been working for Extra. So I did I like an interview yesterday at four o'clock in the morning with Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan and John Hamm. And, it and was, you did, didn't you do like J-Lo last, last week? week? Yeah. yeah. So every week I've got something which is so great. And I mean, look, there's one silver lining to this whole thing is we can work from anywhere. Yeah. They don't know where I am and I don't know where they are and it still works. But I would like to get back over there, but it's really hard right now to even fathom what that looks like. Mm. And getting on a plane because the flight over here was also super eerie and the quarantine situation isn't ideal. I would love to not have to do that again. So I think until everything calms down and it's healthy and safe, I can't imagine going back there. And the LA I fell in love with and that I know doesn't really exist right now. So until they kind of get back to that place, I can't imagine it. And I don't know, I'm just so, I feel so calm and at peace here. I don't have this feeling that I didn't even realise I had for so long, even pre-COVID, I had this anxiety and this like, you're on the hamster wheel when you're there and it's just this constant grind and this constant thing and you're just vibrating at a different frequency. And it's not until I've come back here and really had time and space to get clear that I was like, that's actually not 
how I like to operate, like that sort yeah. of adrenaline that's always pumping and that feeling of always needing to be busy, you know? Yeah. Like well, it's over there it's so easy to feel that because yeah. it is nothing shuts down. It's And same, it's that New York energy I mm-hmm. think is almost an American energy of just like everything should be done yesterday. Yeah. Whereas I'm trying to adapt to that. It's really hard though because Byron feels like island time. Like now totally. it's like we're in Bali or something. We're on island time and everyone takes weeks to get back to you and, you know, we're Dude. talking about furniture oh, and it's mate. like, yeah, you'll get it in three months. And it's like, no, I need it now. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to kind of come back from that and especially, you know, America where – you know, you go to a restaurant, you've got your meal in front of you in three minutes. If you don't, they're going to apologise and they're going to give you your money back. Like, you know, here, if you are like, oh, can I please get a water? You know, after maybe 20 minutes, you get this look of like, oh, yeah, just relax. You're like, okay, okay, yep, totally. Just chill. It's fine. You've got, got nowhere to be. As well, you haven't gone like from, I guess you've kind of done Sydney as well, but you mm. kind of to go from LA to Byron is Huge like jump. picking yeah. the polar different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Even with us coming from Melbourne to Byron, we're kind of like, Okay, this feels a fair bit slower, <laughs> but we can do this because Melbourne is kind of slow. Every time I come really? back, well, every time I come back from LA yeah. and land in Melbourne, I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Because right. I feel that pace difference. Yeah. Okay, this question might be a tricky one, but where, if you could look into a crystal ball, like what, because you've done, already achieved so much, like your career is the lifetime of many people's mm, careers. Thanks. What about like five years from now? What's Renee doing? What are you, is there something where you're like, oh, I really want to tick this thing off my bucket list? I've always found that question impossible to answer. It's a Ever tricky since one. I was a kid. Um, I can't stand it when someone asks me. That's oh, why I do apologise in advance. I'm like. No, I think it's a fair question. My- I've definitely asked people that um, and I hate, hate it. Um, <laughs> but I've definitely asked people that too. <laughs> because I think it is a fair question. I wish, I think having goals is really important. Um, and I think manifesting and having a vision is really important. But I think because of the way my career has gone, the way it has, and the fact that I could not have even predicted or planned half the things that happened, I've learned to just trust the process. And and, and I say that without trying to be lazy or complacent because I think they can kind of sound, sound hand in hand, like, oh, you're just trusting. Are you ever actually even doing anything? No, I work really hard when I'm working, but I have to feel inspired and I have to feel excited by something. Um, right now, I'm just so happy to be home and to be kind of um, nesting and, you know, I just got a new home and it's taking all my energy and space and time and I just want to create this really beautiful environment for myself and that's kind of the immediate plan. Um, I would like to produce more. I would like, you know, look, if I'm going to really go to the five-year plan, I would love to produce my own show. I Mm. would love to have my own show, whether that is digital or network or what it looks like. I don't know because the landscape is changing so much. So I feel like we just have to adapt. Um, I want to do more long-form interviews because I love that and that's my passion. Mm. I want to travel. I just want to travel so much. And so if I could do travel TV again, great. When we can travel again, that would probably be one of the goals. But I think for me, the plan from now on is really to just find that balance and maintain it because I know myself, I'm very extreme. And when I'm busy, I just don't know how to stop. And now that I've stopped, I get really overwhelmed when things get busy or stuff gets piled on me. So I'm trying to find this balance of like, you know, work life and and not taking on so much that I can't just at the end of the day sit with my family and not look at my phone. And, you know, I think that LA really did ingrain that thing of me where it never shuts off and I'd still get emails from my agent at 10 o'clock at night and I want to be able to just, I loved that about my family growing up is that everyone when they finished work was around the table and connecting and communicating and, you know, I think so many of us are on our phones all the time now, even when we're at dinners and things. And I just, I want to be able to find that balance where I work really hard, but when I'm off, I'm off and just do things that feed my soul and that feel right. And it's just not about being the busy girl anymore. Cause I think that's been my identity for so long. All my friends will say that I ran into a friend last night at a dinner party and he lived in LA and he said, oh, you know, Renee was the busiest person I knew in LA. And I was like, gosh, that really was my tagline. Like the busy girl. And it's like, what is, what is that? What does it even mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make you more special or more accomplished just because you're busy. I didn't feel fulfilled in a lot of ways. So I feel like I'm just starting over in a way and figuring that out. I love that. I mm. like that. You're becoming your own boss too. Yeah. And I love that yeah, when you were – right before you said I'd like to produce myself because mm. you, you, you're – technically this has all been training. You've been producing yourself. Yeah. You have to on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. You have to have the relationship. It's up to you to build the rapport. It's not somebody prepping it all for you. You're mm. technically 
being your own producer, talent, and, you know, you're wrangling. There's probably a lot going on. So Mm. technically it makes perfect sense. And Oprah Mm -hmm. produced herself. (laughs) Really, if you – I listen to a podcast all about her history – she started as a young, young girl and she was producing herself on TV out of like a little city out, I want to say Illinois, but like somewhere out. Yeah. And she was just, that's what I mean. Like so you're already, you're kind of already, you've pl- put everything in place to live that dream. Yeah. I think you've got a book in you too. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. We've got it in we'll chat about now. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I've thought about it many times and I'm like, gosh, I'd probably have to change a lot of names. Otherwise, I'd never be able to work in this business anymore. <laughs> right. You know, but, just but stories it, of things that happened in LA. Yeah, but you know? even just your life, like got from going to being the busy girl and realising that's not fulfilling to being because mm. that's the other thing about it. You're so wholesome. Like you love to move. You love to do yogs. You're just saying how much yeah. you miss getting on the yogs mat. You meditate. Like there yeah. are all these things that – are a way of life and probably things have stopped you from burning out as the busy girl because you – I heard an interview where you were like, honestly, like I'll often leave a red carpet, go exercise, have a shower but keep my face out of the shower mm-hmm. so my makeup's still on, come back and do a red carpet. Was that your life? I can't believe I did that for literally nine years. Uh, yeah, my my workouts would be squeezed in between a junket and a red carpet because otherwise I'd have to get up at like 4.30 to do them. So, yeah, it would be – I'd be sweaty and disgusting and I'd take little wipes and I'd, you know, clean myself if there was no showers at the gym or whatever. But, yeah, I can't believe I did that for so long and now I'm like, you know, I leave half a day if I'm going to go to yoga or Pilates or something, you know, right. and I like let myself I, – I would not pack my schedule like that where I'm running and it's down to the minute and, you know, freaking out. But, look, I, it was great and I'm glad I did what I did and I was meant to do that and I did pack a lot in. I just – do think that at some point you burn out if you keep totally. going like that. And I I feel like I got to that when I got here and I finished on The Voice. I just, you know, so many people kept being like, what are you going to do next and what do you want to do? And and I just was like, nothing. I want to do nothing for a minute. I yeah. think I need to just be, be quiet. Yeah. Just be quiet and just sit and meditate and be with my family and just chill. And it's been the best gift because I really truly feel like back in my body. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever felt like that where you're like I disconnected. Know yeah. yeah. You feel very grounded oh, right now. Good. I feel very much like, oh, yeah, she's sunshine, but she's grounded. Oh, good. So how important is wellness to you? Obviously mm. you used it when you were like busy girl, LA life, but I also feel like wellness and nourishment, like and having stalked you for years on Insta, like you're often doing cook-ups with Ashy Heart, like yeah. and it's and I'm like FOMO of all the meals <laughs> and, you know, or you're doing yogs or you're doing sauna, like you're all Pilates, you're, don't mm. mind all my Australian, like <laughs> so I short everything, right? I know, it's so <laughs> great. Like I, oh gosh, my American friends would just have a field day. They're like, what is the difference? Like what's the time? difference for you to say Pilates and Pilates like it's literally going to take you the same amount of time to say both words yeah. <laughs> right so anyway. right right totally but so how much is what I feel like wellness is you like I feel like yeah. it's very much within you I think it's my number one to yeah. be honest I think it's been my number one for a long time even though people would find that hard to believe given what I was talking about with my schedule before but um, my meditations twice a day, my morning tonics, my workout. Like I What's had your morning to morning tonic. Oh, that's a secret. Is it really? <laughs> no, well, actually, you've been added to my morning tonic lately. Right. I've been using the Lola coffee, and then usually I would just add a few things. So it just depends what I've got laying around, but yeah. usually like some lion's mane, ashwagandha, reishi, whatever's like. Well, there's there. lion's I know. mane in that. Well, yeah. I haven't had to add it to that one, but other coffees yeah. I would normally add it. Um, but that one I think I just add ashwagandha or reishi and maybe some like cordyceps or something and oh, some like girl. raw honey and oh. an almond milk or something. I'm coming at your place Yeah, for cacao, coffee. always cacao. Did you ever go down the Bulletproof coffee? I did. Ashley got me onto that yeah. chain actually. It didn't work for me. I was too cracked out. Like that. I, I'm very sensitive to coffee. So even I probably only have half a cup and that's enough oh, for me. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Bulletproof were just like, ooh. Because I found one in Byron and I was going to be like, hey, I found a good bully for you. They're good, but yeah, I think it's Fills the, you up though. Feels You're full all day. Doesn't work for me. Another really? thing where everybody was like, That'll, I was hungry an hour later. No, <laughs> that does not work for me. And it just, and I felt cracked out and I felt like crazy and just up here. Too much. Yeah, too much for me. I'm already up there, I think. I don't need it. <laughs> so so you do your, your med, so is it TM meditation? Yeah, yeah. transcendental. Morning and night or well, twice a day? Well, let's be really honest. I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect because I used to do morning and night and I don't know how because I have more time than ever before. I'm only really doing my morning ones at the moment and maybe it's because 
I feel like I don't need my afternoon one yeah. as much, which is terrible. And every meditation teacher out there is probably rolling their eyes. But I just, I don't know. I felt like my one morning one has been sufficient. If I'm really exhausted in the afternoon and I've got something on, because I am doing a little bit of work right mm. now, I'm not going to sound like I'm completely retired. Um, but if I have something <laughs> on, I will meditate because it gives me that energy and it of keeps course. me going for clear, a long time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I need to go do another advanced mantra and I need to get back into to that. I love how you like an advanced, advanced mantra. Mate, I've done the first one. <laughs> I'm still on that first mantra. Okay, good. Yeah, but you're probably doing it morning and night. I'm like no, dropped off. No, my, okay. my boyfriend who you just met before, yeah. he does it. He won't get out of, like he will not leave the house. He will not, like it's oh, his non-negotiable. Ash is like that. And I really? wish, and, and when I was with her and around her all the time, hope she doesn't mind me talking on her behalf, but she definitely inspired me too because she would be like, let's do our afternoon many. And I was like, mm, well, shouldn't we just go get a coffee or something? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but she was so great at holding me accountable and keeping me on track. And I feel like now none of my family meditates, none of my close friends here do TM. So anyway, I know that's not an excuse, but I what I loved is we had a real community in yeah, LA totally. of people who did it and they yeah. and I love group meditation as yeah. well. Of course, because you can feel yes. it's like amplified. So you should be doing it with him every day. See, you have no excuse, I actually. know. I feel really lazy right now. Yeah. So so your med, yeah, elixir in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you like to try and move most days. Every day. It, it, I try to do a class every day um, and if I don't do a class, I just do a walk. Like the lighthouse walk has oh. become my favourite and it's a good workout. It's hard. The stairs Mate, are full it's on. 10, steps. Is I it? Ca- I counted. Yeah. Wow. Well, like my phone told me it was okay. 10,000 steps, but I was like sweating. Yeah. It doesn't end. get easier either. It doesn't Damn get easier. It. I've I done like, it so surely. much. No. Have you run it? And absolutely not. I don't Good. run. I'm not a runner. I'm like, unless I'm being chased, there is no reason for me to run. But I have, I will, with a couple of my girlfriends, will run just the last three steps. Like the, yeah. not, not, not three steps, three lots of Set steps. Stairs. Yeah. Three sets of stairs. Well, that is, a, is enough to kill me. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling it. Today was the first day I've missed it in a little while and I was like, oh, my God, my legs feel normal mm-hmm. again. So, And then you want to eat really – you generally eat really clean. I'd like to also say that that's true, but, I mean, look, <laughs> compared to who? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I – I think I am relatively healthy, but again, I think it's all balance. I'm a huge foodie. I love food so much. And I know I shouldn't be eating gluten and I know I shouldn't be having dairy and I know I shouldn't be having meat and all the things, but I love pasta. I love pasta. Your so meal much. last night, I stopped. Oh, yeah, that was good. Uh, did you yeah. get like a private dinner pretty much? It was a dinner party um, that friends put on, which was oh. lovely, but that's what I live for. Dinner parties, like I just... I love food and I think, you know, I went, I did the whole vegan thing. I did the gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, meat-free, fun-free thing for a year and it was great. I felt amazing. I looked incredible but I was so boring. None of my friends wanted to hang out with me. I just, I feel like it's a control thing and you get obsessive and it's a bit of an addiction. I feel so much better when I'm just going with what I feel and eating. I eat everything in moderation. I don't eat huge meals. I try not to have sugar and if I do, the tiniest amount. Yeah. but I love cheese, so dairy is a yeah. really hard one for me to stay away from. And I love pasta. And, yeah, gluten-free pasta just doesn't cut it's it, in my opinion. It's not quite the mung beans. It's not no. quite the same. No. It's good, to hear, it's good to hear this, though, because I think – and I've heard you're a red wine fan. Is that right? I have red wine. Yeah. Red wine and tequila are my two drinks oh. of choice. Mm. Nice. Mm. Tequila happened because of America, I think. Really? LA. Everyone drinks tequila there. Really? Yeah. George Clooney's tequila, Casamigos, is so good. Really? And it's affordable there. Here, not so much, thanks to the tax breaks. How do you breaks. have it? How do you like to? Oh, oh, it depends what kind of tequila it is. But usually, I, I mean, I actually really love mezcal. I What's love that? Mezcal is like a smokier kind of Ooh. tequila. It's beautiful. And I love that just on the rocks or just straight up. Like I wouldn't oh, wow. have it even with yeah. ice because it's so good and sip it. But I love a margarita. Like a oh yeah yeah a Tommy you guys say Tommy's margarita here like Do which we? basically means well in Byron. Okay. So now it, you know yeah. if you order a Tommy's margarita, it's a margarita with no sugar. Oh my goodness, you are just changing here my life go. right now. And the best is a spicy Tommy's. So <gasps> spicy margarita, no sugar. Oh, because I've been getting into martinis here. Oh, I want to be that girl. Oh, I'm so jealous you're that girl. A dry martini. I've always, like, the amount of times I've gone to New York and I've gone to the Bauer Hotel or something of and course. I'm like, I just want to order a martini and sit at the bar, but I order it, I have a taste and I spit it out like a child. Too and, like, much? Can't drink it. Too strong? I don't like vodka and it's way too Get strong. Get a gin one. Get a gin one. Mm, that's not a bad idea. I just love the idea of it. Like I it's, love it's, the idea of a martini. You feel very adult. Yes. When no. you, but when you just said tequila on the rocks, I was like, that feels quite adult. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's hard stuff. Tequila's full on, but 
Um, from studying wellness and everything, that was the one alcohol I kind of could come to the conclusion to in my own, yeah. <laughs> made myself feel better, that it is not terrible for no. you. It's the only upper um, tequila. And this, yeah, and this generally the spirits like cleans, like yeah. the way you're talking as well without the sugars. The yeah. sugars, are, sugars are the baddies. I, I forget that I'm a nutritionist sometimes <laughs> when I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, I love that you you are though and you've still got that balance and you still oh. chill because it's hard. It's hard when you study something and you know so much. Much, it's hard to disconnect from it and still be able to enjoy. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, after I started, I only studied nutrition for a year, but I felt like I got so obsessed and so like, oh, I couldn't. And I'd judge all my friends and I'd tell everyone what they were doing. And then I was like, yeah, but it doesn't make you happy. Yeah, it doesn't make you feel yeah, good. Yeah, and look, totally. you got to take everything in moderation. But I think if you really are somebody who was eating fried chicken every day, if they really felt good, the totally. answer would not be yes. <laughs> I have one more LA question for you and then I can't believe how fast this has gone. We're already at time. Can yeah. you believe it? My last LA question is do you miss Erewhon? I hope I'm saying that why. <laughs> I literally said that last night. I was at this dinner party and I went to pick up cheeses for the dinner party because I love cheese so much and I feel like, you know, you make friends with cheese. So I went to pick up cheeses and I came back and I was like, oh, the, the range they had wasn't great. I really miss Erewhon. And everyone in the room was like, wait, is that that Aero One place? Yeah. I'm like, no, Air One. And it was <laughs> right across the road from my house. Uh, so I went there. I have a funny Air One story quickly. So basically when I moved into my new place in Venice Beach was right when Air One opened. Yes, I know the one in Venice yes. Beach. Yes. So same week that I moved in that opened and I was like, it's a sign. This is amazing. I'm meant to be <laughs> here. Home. So I went every morning to get my morning tonic, which is where it kind of yeah. came from because they would mix all these things for me and I would get my morning tonic and then my lunch for work. How for good the are the salads there? So good. I would oh. get a salad and a soup and that was like yeah. my day done. And I was doing that for a couple of weeks and I had a business manager at the time and he called me and was like, look, you're really good with your finances. I'm not going to tell you like how to spend your money or what to do, but I'm just finding it a little bit weird that, you know, you're before 8 a.m. every day, you're, you're doing clothes shopping or you're buying some clothes or something. Like it just, it just seems like a lot every morning, you know, to be doing that early. And I was like, I haven't bought clothes in months. I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, this... Error one charge for, I'm not even going to say the amount that it was because everybody will hate me, <laughs> but before 8am and I was like, oh no, that's not clothing. That's, that's my tonic and my salad and my soup. And he was like, oh, oh, wow. I guess, ah. I, I guess I should go check that place out. What are they putting in that? Like, is it 24 karat gold? I was like, well, yes, actually, it's so good for you. And I feel like I could justify myself because I was like, if I'm spending money on my health, I'm okay with it. I feel good about that. I feel I will put all my money into travel, food, health. Like that's the most important thing Amazing. to me and what makes me happy. But I did slow down on the morning tonics every day. It became like once a week. <laughs> I remember I got a bulletproof smoothie there and it was like $25 20, yep. or, so, or something like that. And I was like sitting with my friend. We're both from Australia and I was like, I'm not going to do the conversion right now. I no. just, my oh. brain can't do it. <laughs> oh, I know. Whenever you convert, it just makes you feel so sick. It's so bad. It's so bad. But it's so good. And I do. I miss Air One so much. It's funny. I also... So when I spoke to my American girlfriend yesterday, I was like, how's Air One? Like I yeah. ask about how Air One is, like it's an ex-lover, you know? Like, so good. How's he doing? Has he asked about me? <laughs> what is he saying? And I was like, no, but seriously, are people still going to Air One? Is Air One okay? And she was like, yeah, we, I went and did my shopping there yesterday. They only let this amount of people in. We're in masks. But I'm like, okay, but they're still there. <laughs> like, yes. The okay, best pumpkin pie I've ever had in my life is from there. Really? And it was gluten-free and vegan. Oh. And it, but it, uh, pumpkin pie is my jam. If you were like, if you could have one, the way you are with cheese, I'm like, I could have pumpkin pie. And you don't get it in Australia. No. Did you have pecan pie? Yes. Oh, that stuff is good. Yes. Pecan but, pie. Oh, pecan. pecan. If you had a bumper sticker, this is your last final, final question, then I'm going to release you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so much fun. I've literally been like, life hack, life hack, Aww. life hack. Um, what would your bumper sticker be? So for me, it's like um, actually someone that I interviewed recently. She had a really cool one, and she said, <laughs> "Way to make me feel this is going to set the expectation." Put the high. pressure on. Um, <laughs> chasing your dreams is hard. Not chasing your dreams is hard. Pick your hard. Like as in, Ooh. like yeah, you know. But for me, I usually do. Um, what does my team? I had a nutrition teacher, and she said. If you've got a dream, you're the only person that can get you there and you're the only person who can stop you. Mm, so something like that. Too. Is there anything you've kind of been like, ooh, I like that? Oh, there's been so many things that I've heard from people. Like I remember before um, before I, you know, started working in TV or anything, um, I always used to say when I was a kid, I used to always say, if, you know, if you want something bad enough, you'll get it. It's mm. just you just got to want it bad enough. And that's when I was a kid and I remember always thinking that, like if it didn't happen you didn't get it, you obviously didn't want it bad enough. 
I don't know if that's so true because I do believe that the universe looks out for you and any opportunity or thing I haven't gotten, I've been so grateful for down the road. But a girlfriend did say, she actually sent me a quote um, in this book that she gave me this beautiful book when I moved to LA and on the front of it, it said, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? <gasps> and I thought about that every every year, every month, every minute when I was in LA. And it's something that's always kept me going. And I, I would love to say I live by it, but I'm terrified of failing. So, you know, I definitely don't live by it. But anytime I have doubt, I think I think about that quote. It's such a good check-in mm. with any of your, anything that you're fearing as well. Yeah. That's a great I, – I remember the first time someone asked me that. I was like, live in a treehouse, duh. Yeah. That's how I answered. And then I'm like, so I haven't done that bit yet, but I've done other things. <laughs> I can't believe that live in a treehouse was the thing you thought of, like of all things. One like, of my dreams is to build a treehouse retreat, health retreat. You could 100% do that. I'll invite you whenever it happens. Yeah. There is no plan for it to happen in the near future. Well, you're in the right place for it. I Seriously. Know, right? Let's do it. <laughs> Come on board. Uh, you are amazing. Renee, thank you so much for sharing so much for your afternoon with me. Thank I you. have had you on my goal list for so oh. long. So, total honor to have you on the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. Spread the love.